0: This is our Everest. Greetings, culture vultures, and welcome to This is Our Everest. The podcast that voted for Joe Biden did it. Uh, well, not not technically. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it would have. It
1: would have done. done. Yeah, obviously, because we're not maniacs. Although, actually, you know,
0: this is OG TV viewing. What we're doing.
1: Yeah, we're and we, we, it, it's important that you don't start watching quite a lot of the videos that are on it YouTube. Is.
0: Uh, because, well, you might find uh, a, a tranche of old episodes of Top Gear, which is precisely what I you did. buy it, yes. And this is yeah. an episode of Top Gear that we've been watching from 1989, presented by William Woolard. Dressed for a trip to B&Q,
1: by the looks of it.
0: And, and stood on the footbridge over a motorway. Which is very, very old Top Gear. Oh, yeah. A few William Willard facts. Buddhist. What? Is he? Yeah, yeah. he's a Buddhist. Right. Okay. Yep. He presented Tomorrow's World for 11 years. Yeah, I
1: remember. vaguely remember that.
0: He presented Top Gear for 10 years. Okay. Between 1981 and 1991. Yep. And he was 50, five zero years old. Shit. When this came out,
1: so two years older than me.
0: Yeah,
1: motherfucker.
0: He's still going. He's still going. I attribute that to his Buddhist beliefs. So, Bev, so he's what
1: eighty now, eighty-one.
0: Uh, yeah, about yeah. that. Blinded.
1: Okay. Um. So, Top Gear, nineteen eighty-nine style.
0: Well, yeah, because now, um, obviously, particularly our our foreign listenership. Will be be aware? <laughs> yeah, will be aware of Top Gear, the international juggernaut television program. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is related to that. In term, I mean, this is like its dad, but this was when Top Gear was a motoring magazine program rather than nuts magazine.
1: Yeah, program. I mean all television programs that run over a long time all these almost all evolve and uh that is a natural part of keeping a long running franchise going yes but i don't recall i was trying i was thinking about this this afternoon and i don't recall any other tv show that changed quite as much and quite as suddenly as top gear
0: no because I mean top gear well top gear was off air for a few years yeah and then, and then it relaunched at double the length studio setting yeah um, got it more or less got rid of all of the consumer yeah and uh, you know car magazine style. Articles in favour of Jeremy Clarkson driving supercars around and being Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah,
1: I mean, I will refer you to a YouTube comment from underneath that video, the video, okay. the one that we watched. And I quote: yeah. I didn't get the username for this one, which is a shame because I feel as if I, I feel as if I should give him a personal shout out. Um, <laughs> and it reads as follows. Back when Top Gear was actually about cars and motoring rather than a show about two gibbering gimps frantically tossing off Clarkson's ego under threat of a beating.
0: <laughs> I think that's quite unfair on James May. Um, I,
1: I don't, particularly. I mean, the thing is that, you know, judge a man by the company he keeps and all that. Top Gear for me was the guiltiest pleasure for so long that I could do it and I had to bail before it went before it, before they put it on to you know basically just sort of took the driving around in fast cars bit and put it on Amazon yeah when they were just uh, messing around and talking about cars it was perfectly personable but their own stupid opinions started creeping into it, and yeah. Clarkson was very quick to that making you know controversial opinions for money thing. Yeah, and it was very easy to recognise, you know, how a, a deliberately creating controversy. And I, I can't tell you what year it was that I that I just went. Do you know what? fuck this. Um, but there was a point at which I wouldn't ever say it was appointment viewing for me but it was one of those that if I was flicking through and there was nothing else on and it was on I would reasonably happily watch it as I think a lot of people would but yeah. I, I, I kind of hit a breaking point with it where I was like do you know what I think if I carry on watching this, I'm a Tory.
0: And uh, As well, as we discussed um, in yesterday's episodes, there's no, no good can come from that. Yeah, yeah.
1: So um, it was a kind of like an automatic turn-off. And as such, because although I do watch a lot of very old television programmes on YouTube, I have not actually watched an old episode of top gear because i thought it would be too boring okay and well
0: uh, mixed bag actually <laughs> um i mean it's uh, i mean it is uh, what i will say is it is certainly more boring viewing than watching richard the hamster hammond and jeremy clarkson and james may pricking about but, at what cost? At what cost to your soul?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Top Gear, I contend, the modern incarnation of it, was enormously damaging for the cultural fabric of this country. <laughs> uh, it was ultimately trash TV. Um, it doesn't really serve any nutritional purpose. Um yeah. And all the time it was drip, drip, dripping some really horrible shit, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I know that Jeremy Clarkson came out as pro-Remain shortly before the Brexit referendum, and I've got an idea as to why that would be. Um, above and beyond yeah. being David Cameron's mate. Uh, I I suspect he had somebody from the production department in the show show him what the list of charges would be and the cost would be of producing mm. the programme in Europe
0: after Brexit. Because uh, there is an alternative argument, which is that he is actually a sensible man, despite the um, the the personality he exudes. And all of his controversial opinions are had for money. Yeah,
1: I mean, the thing is that... At deadlines. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that, A some people I think probably myself included would argue that that's even worse than holding those opinions (laughs) sincerely (laughs) because what you're doing then is you're parrot and we'll come back to this in tomorrow's podcast because parroting those views it has been demonstrably proved time and time again those opinions end up in the hands of people who take them seriously
0: That is, unfortunately,
1: true. And I'm sure it's very nice for him to have all that money and a stately pile that he lives in. Because, I mean, let's be clear about this, you know, and it is evident from this episode of Top Gear, that man of the people, Clarkson, it was actually a fucking private school-educated posho, you know? He might well have a hint of a Yorkshire accent, but that doesn't mean he eats fucking gravel. He's, yeah. you know,
0: well, he's an old reptonian. Yeah. So, you know, he's what he is. Um,
1: and, and 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 that really shows in this episode. His clip which we will come back to. And you hear his voice and it's like oh hello, who's, who's let Lord Snooty in to do a voice over. <laughs> and a camera pans back and it's fucking Clarkson.
0: Now, which niche of the executive market does the Alpha 164 Lusso Automatic drop into? Well, it's for those with a generous budget at their disposal and a fleet manager who isn't too worried by the prospect of steep depreciation. Perhaps Saab have attracted more executives to their models, but there can't be many middle management transport budgets which will stretch to accommodate this CD version. Maybe it's moved above the market it was originally aimed at. A substantially cheaper choice would be the equivalent model from Lancia's Thema range, but not enough user-choosers exercise their privilege to keep the Lancia importer independent. It's now firmly back under Fiat's wing. Well,
1: it's a curious choice of cars, isn't
0: it? It is, it is really, because I don't think that that choice would ever come up. I mean, in 1989, I think most fleet managers for company cars would have taken a look at that and then gone yeah we're going to get a big load of Vauxhall Cavaliers mate
1: my dad had a Vauxhall Cavalier in 1989 uh, he had about two or three Cavaliers in a row he had a company car as part of his part of his uh, you know part of his salary i think it would be a bit of a stretch to describe him as an executive but he was a company director at the time uh, and he had a cavalier for a while and yeah it was cavalier or sierra
0: that time yeah, you know. not an Alpha One Six Four Saab CDE or Lancia. Well, I mean,
1: who had a Lancia? Well, I mean, what you got there is two manufacturers with a notoriously terrible reputation, and the other. Well, I was, and yeah, the other yeah. one's gone, and the other one doesn't make cars anymore. So, <laughs> uh, I was
0: interested. I was interested that Chris Goffey noted that the Lancia came with a six-year anti-corrosion warranty. That made me laugh quite a lot because. Lancia were absolutely notorious. Well it was there was the for one disintegrating at the site of anything.
1: Yeah, there was the one at the start of the nineteen eighties and I think it was the beta, perhaps? Dunno. I'm sure yeah, somebody can come along. Perhaps. To correct me if I'm wrong. But that one, yeah, they were rusting within a few weeks, within a few months. And um, I've got a feeling I'm doing this for memory, I didn't look it up. I've got a feeling that those six-year anti-rust warranties that they had to put in place after the beta, otherwise no fucker was going to buy one, (laughs) actually ended up doing for them.
0: Was the warranty itself written on a piece of paper that was already on fire? Quite
1: possibly, as soaked in water. Yeah, Um, soaked in petrol. But, I mean, they had a terrible reputation. Alfa Romeo's no better. Alfa Romeo's, you know, that was the car that you bought if you really loved cars but didn't like owning them for very long.
0: Well, yeah, if you if you just loved cars as objet dar. Yeah. As because a, as obviously a, you weren't going to be able to drive it around because yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. As I a, mean, uh, Chris Goffey pointed out that he had the the 164... Test model that they had given him, and it had seven thousand miles on the clock, and the electric yeah. rear seats already <laughs> didn't work. Yeah,
1: that was a that was a beautiful moment. I've had this car seven thousand miles; the electric seats don't work.
0: Um, yeah, but and yeah. that's the that's the car that Alfa Romeo are sending out to all the journalists around Europe. Yeah, to review, to it. test. Yeah, yeah. Well done, Alfa Romeo. Yeah,
1: I mean, to be fair to Chris Goffey, he is at least dressed like an executive. He is. He's got he's got a suit on, which is seems which which does seem
0: very odd for that sort of program. But I mean, you know, the uh, thing is that Chris Goffey go on, is the is the dad of the drummer from Supergrass. So you know. Uh. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what how you're going to deal with that piece of information, but it is a fact.
1: Well, you're quite a Supergrass fan, and I'm well, and I, I'm not, I, I was, and I'm not. So you know, it's, swings around it swings and roundabouts a little bit. It
0: seems it? Like, seems like a long time ago now, Supergrass. Yeah, well, it was. But then again, so was Chris Goffey. Yeah, um, Chris Goffey uh, wasn't impressed by the CD player in the Saab taking up the space usually reserved for the ashtray yeah,
1: yeah did he say it cost 1500
0: quid to get a cd player in it? something like that yeah i think i think his general his general feeling was that the saab was the more expensive car but ultimately that was because it had been built properly
1: yeah oh, it was definitely the better car i mean the one thing that i would say it was a saab 9000 wasn't it but they even sent the worst one of those. They sent the one with a boot which got <laughs> juts out at the end, you know, like a I don't know, I don't know what, but it, it's just it you know, it wasn't an attractive looking car. Wasn't. But No I, yeah, I, no
0: no one's gonna buy any of those yeah, cars. I
1: mean I know that they were they were decent cars to SAPs. the, um, the twenty eight thousand pound price tag, by the way. Um yeah. because it is worth pointing out, you know, when we're talking about um these these things and we're talking about oh well this is this is this is top gear for the actual masses, this is top gear for car drivers, this is you know, this is mm. top gear before they started going off into ridiculous cars that no one could afford. Well, yeah. twenty eight grand in nineteen eighty nine is seventy thousand pounds now. Yeah. So you know, they were dealing in expensive cars in these reviews. Your 22 grand is what? 55 56,000 something like that. So, it, yeah, are, are they just dealing with it? But I mean, they're free shit cars in their own way, like I say, the Saab the the Saab is a, is probably a decent car, but it's ruined by having that boot tacked onto the back. of Yeah.
0: It. Well, they were all based on the same chassis. I think that three uh, European manufacturers had got together and said, "Let's cut costs. Let's have one chassis, and then just bolt all of our our other bits on." Yeah. To the one chassis. Yeah. Uh, that was that was I think the point of this otherwise completely pointless road test.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was. Um I mean I didn't take very much from it but you know I I've, I've never been an executive no you know well, what do I care
0: the next story was dealing with a, a hot button issue at the time for motorists unleaded petrol
1: well yeah yeah it's it, it was uh, I was kind of diverted by this um because I mean, they talk about unleaded petrol is the new thing. It's just kind of, um, yeah, just kind of, well, just kind of started up. In fact, they mentioned yeah. that it's gone from one um, percent market share to twenty five percent
0: in a year. And I seem to recall that at the time there was probably legislation percolating through that. It was going to have to be all cars were to run on unleaded fuel by this, that or the other time. Just like today, the government are outlawing petrol-engined cars by 2050. Yeah. It was a big issue because whether you liked it or not, you were going to have to end up running unleaded fuel soon. And, you know... Some I don't really understand engines.
1: Well yeah, I mean but... they were they were you know, they had a they had an interesting little selection of Vox pops with the general public, which were kind of encouraging,
0: you know. They were like They all yeah, they were very proud. They were
1: like, well, you know, if it's better for the environment. Oh I mean, nowadays if you ask people a question like that, they'd be all like now fuck the environment You know <laughs> destroying the ozone layer to own the libs.
0: It's almost as if Battle lines have been drawn by a slow drip, drip, drip of opinions of some sort. Yeah, over that
1: in, people on television you know, that intervening thirty-one year period. Somehow, somebody, somebody, or others got into their heads and gave people. And the thing is, the people that are you know pricks about it now are the kids of the people being Vox popped in that thing thirty-one years ago. It's true. Do you know what I mean?
0: It's a pity that uh, the lead in the petrol didn't render them all completely infertile.
1: Yeah, well, you know, we've, we 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 can but hope or we could have, you know. But um I was also interested but interested by the price of petrol. Um, okay. So I mean, what would you expect petrol to be in in comparison with then? You know, what would be your
0: um well I mean this Do you it, it, think
1: it would be it, cheaper per liter, more expensive per liter, the same per liter? what, uh, what, do, you, what do you
0: think? Well, I would probably think when is it, nineteen eighty nine? Nineteen eighty nine. So this is pre Gulf War. Pre Gulf War, yeah. But only just pre Gulf War.
1: Well a couple uh, of years.
0: Oh you would you would think that it would be cheaper.
1: Um well, a litre of petrol. In okay. they, they had two prices on the pump, and I think this was for unleaded and super unleaded. Yeah. Um, and they were thirty nine point seven and forty point two pence per litre, which wow. equate to ninety nine point two five and uh, a pound and.
0: Half oh, that's a, a lot. Half that's a, a lot cheaper then, isn't um, it? The, su- the
1: supermarket price. I looked it up. The average supermarket price currently is one pound nine point eight. Mm. So it's about ten percent ah. more expensive than it was in nineteen eighty nine, which I think, you know, for all the damage that it they does to the environment and for all the clogging up of town centres and clogging up of roads and motorways and all the inconvenience that cars actually cause just by existing and being on the roads, I I think that's quite a good
0: deal. Especially when you consider that yesterday in the podcast we established that Kentucky fried chicken is 40% more expensive than it it used to be. I'm still angry about Um, that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not surprised So if if you want to get value for money in 2020 You're best off drinking petrol and drive it, Rather and than dri- eating chicken And
1: driving as far away as you can from KFC
0: <laughs> In 23 years, Bewley Auto Jumble has grown from something very parochial And afternoon tea-ish Into something absolutely vast Predictably, only the Americans do it bigger And they probably wear brighter clothes too Over 45,000 people are going to come here this weekend. Traders, enthusiasts, junk hunters, eccentrics and of course the inevitable cowboys. It's reckoned that over £3 million is going to change hands. An auto jumble is somewhere people come to buy and sell and swap anything to do with motoring. That means pretty well everything from a sunbeam track rod end to a fully restored Mark II Jaguar. Clarkson. Yeah. Clarkson visiting the Bewley Auto Jumble which is basically a jumped up jumble it's sale. It's a car boot for, sale for cars. Car addicts. Yeah,
1: and um, I, would, I would much rather have gone to that than see Jeremy Clarkson report on it. Because, I mean, all I've got written down for this section is,
0: Jeremy Clarkson is just such a dweeb. <laughs> well, there's a certain amount of cynicism to it. But, I mean, as, as later Top Gear has established, Jeremy Clarkson is not a handy man. The idea of going to an auto jumble to find an old, you know, drive shaft for a car that he's restoring is never going to come up for Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean,
0: he'd just send his houseboy out to do something. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, this thing at Bewley, um, they said there were, what, 1,500 stools. And that's yeah. too unwieldy, that's too big. Because he interviews a bloke in it who's walking around wearing a coat or a jacket, like a denim jacket, with a big Mm. white patch on the back of it that's with sprite seat needed
0: on it. Yeah, Because he was German as well, so I mean, wow. Yeah,
1: so if you're looking for something specific, if you're thinking, all right, I really need a new gullwing door for
0: my DeLorean. The, you're always looking for a new goal wing goal of for that yeah you? of course
1: you know the chances of actually finding that piece that you need to complete your you know jensen interceptor or whatever is so yeah. close to zero As to be it is because it is just a big
0: pile of rusted crap yeah it's just whole, a big
1: pile it? of rusted crap and he and he's like well i can tell that this is a he doesn't say it like that. He says, "Oh, hello! I I can tell that this is a, a rear, rear light indicator and brake light cover for a Mark One Ford Cortina." Ah,
0: oh, dear. Uh, he was right
1: as well. It was. Yeah, and it, oh, I mean, it was. I could tell it was. It was quite it's quite a distinctive shape. I was looking at it just because I do. You know, he's going to say this really quickly, so I can't work it out. And then he said it, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's it." Yeah. So there's this big car boots out for cars in Bewley and it's almost impossible to find what you want there. I wonder if the numbers of people that went de- went to that went right down the next year. So people, people actually thought, actually, there is next to no chance of me being able to find the piece that I want for yeah. my
0: car. Jeremy Clarkson has exploded the myth and I'm not going to go this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because, because, you know... I mean, I guess prior to seeing that, you'd probably think, "Well, yeah, it's as good a place as any to find this bit that I want." You know, no internet in 1989, of
0: course. That's very true. But then
1: you'd see that review, and you'd be like, "Actually, what is the fucking point in driving all the way down to nearly Southampton <laughs> to spend a to yeah. spend a whole day walking around what looked like this unbelievably packed and busy place, car boot sale yeah, yeah. thing?"
0: No fucking chance of finding any one particular thing. None whatsoever. The final piece in the programme, an old Top Gear standby, get Tiffany Dell to drive a fast car around.
1: Yeah, and it's a Ford Sierra Cosworth that he's driving. The armed robber's favourite.
0: Well, I mean, specifically, it's a, a Group A yeah. British Touring yeah. Car Championship. Touring well, car yeah, but it's version. still... yeah. An armed robber would love to have yeah, one of those. Yeah, it's
1: still, you know... I mean, we between us have watched a lot of old episodes of Crime Watch on YouTube. A lot, yes. In fact, a lot. We've probably watched all of them now, haven't we? I would have thought. we
0: I would say that between us, we are we, we're, encyclopedic in our knowledge of nineteen eighties to nineteen nineties crimes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I can spot the year from Sue Cook's haircut now. I again, I'm not really. I wasn't really interested in it. See, the thing about motor racing that always gets to me is that the cars never look as if they're going fast enough. Even though I know they're going really fast. I mean, that car that he's in was probably doing 140, 150 miles an hour down the street. Oh,
0: uh, I should think. Well, I mean, I should think it actually it could have been capable of more. He said it was a 500 brake horsepower yeah, engine. But it
1: never looks as if it's going that fast. They never do. And it didn't on the end, day, quite a lot of it was shot from the inside and it didn't, you know...
0: That's because of the skill of the driver.
1: Yeah, which is... But, you know, what we, I will what say... What I need to
0: do is get an unskilled driver to, and then it will look like it was going fast. Yeah,
1: but what I will say is that fair fucks to them because at least they've got an actual, real racing driver. Which yeah. modern Top Gear had to kind of bring one in. You know, they uh, they... Had that geezer who used to do the lap for them, and um, the sting. Yeah. So yeah. you know, at least they had a real racing driver, being a real racing driver, and telling you actual racing driver things. And that, well, I yeah. suppose, in its own way, is um, is informative. And
0: indeed, actually, this dovetails in with the thing that will stay with me from this episode. There was footage of Tiffany Dell winning a race. In that car right? the previous season. Oh, well. Uh, I, I never knew that Tiffany Dell had actually won a British touring car race. Yeah. I am aware of, I'm aware of the career of Tiffany Dell, but I've always thought of him as sort of a, a, a journalist who races cars rather than a racing driver who is also a journalist. I think his viewpoint is reversed on that. But, well, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I, the, the, I, I have a vague recollection. Of once having read his Wikipedia page, yeah. and finding out that he was more of a motor racing driver than I thought he was, but
0: that's... T- Tiff Tiff Dell has started a Formula One World Championship Grand Prix. Yeah, so um, my my
1: the the viewpoint that I had on him and that I have had on him for some time was that he was a kind of journeyman racing driver. You know, no. which is fine. You know, not everybody can be Michael Schumacher or you know Lewis Hamilton. You need no. the other drivers to give that race some context. And if he was a, you know, plodding along, making a bit of money here and there, doing it, doing his races in all these different types of car, then you know, fair fucks to him. And so I was quite, you know, that 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 it pleased me that they've got an actual racing driver on there.
0: Yeah. It was quite a, uh, it was quite an informative piece, but it was very much a piece for people who didn't really know anything about touring cars and what they did. It was a bit dry, like the rest of it. It was a bit it dry. It was a bit dry, but then again, and this is it. This is, this is what it fundamentally boils down to. It was a bit dry, but it probably covered more different topics pertaining to actual motoring. Well, yeah, yeah. In, it was in a, thirty minutes, it a, and it managed in a whole series of hour-long programs.
1: Yeah, it was a program about cars for
0: car drivers. True enough, you know? and
1: that's fine. Isn't that what you want?
0: Well, they haven't really got one now, have they? I can't think. of I mean, I, I haven't seen the uh, the new model Top Gear with what is it Chris Harris. Paddy McGuinness and Freddie Flintoff. No, I mean, why? Why would you? Why? Why? Why would anyone want to watch that? Yeah, but I'm guessing that they're not doing an awful lot of, you know, think pieces about hybrid versus petrol cars, and
1: um, no, so I, doubt I doubt it. I doubt because then the thing is, and what I think annoys me a little bit is that. Now's a really good time for that sort of programme, you know. Electric cars are going to happen. It's going to have to happen.
0: Well, yeah, as I say, they're they're changing the law. So, I mean, you can bury your head in the sand, but it's going to come to a point where if you go to a showroom and say, I would like to buy a new car, please, you're going to have to buy... Yeah. An electric car or a hydrogen cell car oh, or yeah. some car that doesn't burn fuel. Yeah,
1: but I mean what did you have until fairly recently, the last time anybody was really, you know, like re watching it particularly, you had them driving great big fucking gas guzzling motherfuckers going, Well, look at this is better than an electric car well, I put <laughs> some cheese in the engine. That used to be my stand, my standby line for if I needed it's to do a good. Jeremy Clarkson impression.
0: I put some cheese in the engine because I used to. James May turned up, so I'm weeding his
1: petrol. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly why I remember. You know, these hilarious middle of the night. Practical jokes, which...
0: James, I I unscrewed all of James May's brakes.
1: Yeah, basically, yeah. Do you unscrew...
0: Clarkson! Do
1: you unscrew brakes? Is that how they I work? Don't... I've got no he, idea. He
0: probably, I have no idea. And
1: the only other thing I spotted yep. yeah, is that it was made by BBC Pebble Mill.
0: It was, which it, and they encouraged it, you to write in yeah, at the end. Which it had to be, thoughts. didn't it?
1: Because Birmingham is Motor City in this country. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, Anybody who's ever been to Birmingham will know fully well that Birmingham City Centre is not designed for people that don't own a car.
0: Best bit, worst bit, and uh, the lasting memory that you're going to take?
1: Best bit, I would say, probably... Ooh, it's difficult, actually, because it was all very bland. It was like eating a Ritz cracker. You know, I could eat a Ritz cracker on its own with nothing on it, but I wouldn't want to eat too many of them um i think the best bit was probably the bit on the executive cars um in particular the bit where he said that the seat wasn't working
0: actually yeah that that was one in the yeah. eye
1: wasn't now it? i now i think about it and go back to it i'm like oh actually yeah that was really funny <laughs> um yeah. the worst bit um is the old Top Gear theme music, which okay. I, I get it, you know, the new Top Gear theme music was all kind of like, you know, sort of alpha male and masculine and all the rest of it. But the when you actually hear the old Top Gear music, when you're used to the new Top Gear music, and it's the same melody, just a yeah. completely different type of recording. and It's got a kind of hint of... I don't know. It's got... It's got a hint of country and western about it, or <laughs> some or folk music, or some some you know something kind of slightly arcane. And I heard that at the end of it, and I was like, "Oh, actually, that sounds really lame, really lame." Yeah. Um, and the bit that will stay with me uh, for the longest time is gonna be uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be Clarkson. Fresh out of prep school.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I yeah I, uh, I I've I, I mean I've already said the bit that will stay with me is the knowledge that Tiffany Dell won a British touring car race.
1: I am surprised you didn't know that. I mean, obviously, I didn't know that myself, but I don't know anything about car racing.
0: My favourite bit was the Tiffany Dell bit because it had a racing car in it. Okay, and yeah. you know it was quite it was quite interesting to see the different body kits and. Uh, group a touring cars and the homologation specials and so forth was an always an interesting area of uh...
1: well touring car racing is kind of one of the maddest types of car racing isn't it that's the way it's one of the ones where you're most likely to get a big old crash
0: oh and, and yeah.
1: we've had the conversation yeah. before we've watched a couple of formula one races over the course of the summer um, you know, I've made it very clear that I'm I'm here for an accident. You know, I'm I'm here for the accidents. I don't really care who wins. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm here to see somebody crash.
0: Yeah. The uh bit that I didn't like was probably I found the petrol bit quite boring. Mm-hmm. Not because of the content of it per se. Well, it did
1: go into a bit too much detail, didn't it? When he started
0: going on about how you had to change these yeah. seals. but it was a bit of a historical relic because, it, you know, you, you could just sit there and go, we know what, what's leaded petrol? Well, exactly yeah, exactly. Get with it, get with the programme, Grandad, well, I mean, it's it was, all hydrogen it, cells
1: now, mate. It was very, very, very relevant to the time
0: um... Oh, very relevant at the time enormously relevant no denying
1: it that shit was like you know, was current and fashionable and important in nineteen eighty nine. It was. So there you go.
0: If only it had been a little bit more uh current and fashionable yeah. in nineteen eighty nine, it wouldn't necessarily need to be so urgent in 2020. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. that's for another that's for another podcast. Yeah, well yeah, yeah. You know. It's it's Our new podcast about green issues. <laughs> oh Christ.
1: A polar bear and sunglasses. Coming soon. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Presented by a furious refugee polar bear locked in a room with us. Yeah. And then the second episode is just presented (laughs) by the polar bear. That's it. That'll do.
1: I've had enough of old Top Gear. Had enough of new Top Gear. Uh, Had enough of cars, generally.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's ban cars.
1: Uh, That's not going to go down very well, I don't think. People people really love their cars, don't they?
0: And they are really, really convenient. Yeah,
1: that's the thing, isn't it? Because you you live yeah, in a cal- you you're in a one car household, yeah. and I'm in a zero car household. So you know, I can I I can belting. I can still be a little bit more militant about it and not sound like a colossal hypocrite.
0: I mean, there's no denying the fact that having a car is belting, but the problem is that everyone else has got one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh well, idiots oh well um, there we go that'll do us tomorrow tomorrow mm-hmm. on this yes. august podcast 1988 and uh, we're going back to 1988 and uh, it's Friday Night Live Yeah, which was um, well we'll come on to exactly what it was tomorrow night uh but um yeah friday night live is our is our uh podcast tomorrow there'll be a link in the uh in the article on the website thanks very much for listening and uh, we'll see you again tomorrow bye bye